twenty in my hands. Oh, baby, your touch it hurts more than hangovers. Know that bottle don't hold the same regret. And my mother says that you're bad for me. Guess she never felt the high we're on right now. And my father says I should run away, but he don't know that I just don't know how. Well, if it's unhealthy, then I don't give a damn. 'Cause even if it kills me, I'll always take your hand. It's unhealthy. They just don't understand. And when they try to stop me, just know nobody can. You're still gonna be my man. Hey, 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 hey. Still gonna be my man. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, this body high. Morning and welcome to the lunchtime show here in Cam Glen Radio one hundred seven point nine FM with me Derek Cutch and I'm with you for the next couple of hours through to one o'clock when it's time for the information station and the guys will be in with all your local community news. What's coming up in the show today? Well, very busy show today. I will be speaking to Colin McIntyre uh, shortly from the Millhook Historical Society. I actually spoke to him last week and um, he's going to tell us about his new album. There's a bit of a concept behind it as well. Nell Bryden, she was in Glasgow last night. I did get a chance to chat to her as well. She's going to tell us about her EP and her tour that she's on just now. And finally, Captain Barrett, he's a DJ from down south and he's in Glasgow this week. He's going to tell us all about that as well. Kicked off the show there with Anne-Marie, which features Shania Twain, and that was unhealthy. And here is Chasing the Train and Izzy Lee.
I was chasing a train there with Izzy Lee, blues rock band from Dumfries, and I did catch them last year at the Dune Hame Fest. When I mentioned last week, I caught up with Colin McIntyre of Mill Historical Society. Always been a big fan, so I'm going to play this first before the interview, and obviously you'll hear a track from the new album. This is probably my favourite track. This is from 2001, and this is the Mill Historical Society, and I tried. Of 
say that something died inside of me. I let you have the final say that something died inside of me. Colin McIntyre, Mill Historical Society. Welcome to Cam Glen Radio. Great. Thank you, Derek. Nice to be on with you. Yeah, no problem at all. Now, you have a new album out, In My Mind There's a Room. It's released the 21st of July, and that's your first new music for five years. Yeah, I got a bit of a fright when I saw that on the uh, <laughs> on the press release, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think the... I suppose the, the last one came out about, yeah, four and a half years ago or something, uh, which was produced with Bernard Butler. Um, but it lasted about a year, that one, I suppose. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like five years ago, you know, since since I've uh, been out talking about music. But I suppose it's getting close to that since the last release. But, yeah, it's been, I suppose we've had a pretty strange period, the world, yeah. and, and amongst all that. And um, I've been quite busy with new books and new music. So, yeah, it's great. It's great to have it out now. Funnily enough, I bought the the reissues of the first three albums uh, recently as well because I, I guess when they first came out, that would have been CDs would have been the big thing. So to, I do like a bit of vinyl, so I now have the oh, first three albums in vinyl. Oh, fantastic! Well done. Thank yeah. thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was quite nice, particularly the third one. Uh, this is hope um, was never for some reason it wasn't on vinyl mm. um, and my own fault but i never really much liked the album cover of that one yeah. so um so it was quite nice to revisit it with new artwork and kind of represent it maybe a bit more the way um i, I hope to and it could have been should have been so yeah no that's cool it was it's nice to mark those things it was there was a kind of uh it was a 21st anniversary believe it or not of of the first album loss and so it was a good way to um pull everything together um, and the actual real Mull Historical Society that I borrowed the name from are now yeah. the Mull Historical and Archaeological Society, and um, um, I called the collection the sort of the the um, anthology archaeology because I just thought I'll kind of follow them a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this noise them up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But relations between both bodies are are pretty healthy, so that's good. Yeah. Seeing you mentioned 21 years, that's frightening, is it not? Oh, it is. I mean, honestly, it's, it is really quite frightening. Um, in some ways, initially, when I saw the 20 coming up, I think it was going to be 20 and we were going to do stuff, but then COVID happened. So mm. it became sort of more around the 21st. Um, I remember feeling that, my gosh. And then actually somebody work, who worked with me said, well, you know, you should be proud just still doing what you're doing and it's yeah. 21 years and I thought okay well that's a positive spin on it <laughs> so uh, I'll stick with that. Now the new album it's a concept I guess tell us about the concept. Um, well it's called In My Mind There's a Room and um, given I you know write books as well as make music um, I, I've always wanted to maybe the last 10 years or so I've wanted to kind of bring my Kind of literary world, if you like, the, the writing on the page together with the stage, you know, with the, mm. the music. And um, it's just been a kind of 
dim light bulb in my head, you know, that I've sometimes thought I'd love to do something like that. And then um, the opportunity came up last year when a good friend back on top of, back in Tobamori on Mull, where I grew up, um, took on new recording premises. And I was on the tube in London and got this email saying from him, so I've got a new place, you know, kind of nice sea view, uh, characterful building. And you could have knocked me over when I read it was the Tobmory Clydesdale Bank flat, mm. where, because my grandfather was the poet was the poet on Mall, but the bank manager for thirty odd years, and he and my grandmother lived in that flat. And um, it's got a kind of turret window that looks right down Tobmory Main Street, and so obviously I spent a you know a lot of my childhood there. And he was quite a raconteur, and he chaired all the Cayleys, um, and really the the bank flat was. A venue for a Kaylee almost every night you know there was visiting actors and locals coming up and whoever was around would come to Angie's bank he was called Angus McIntyre and uh so you know it wasn't it wasn't just a kind of staid place bank manager and he was quite a character and there was whiskey kept in the safe and all all the rest of it and um so you know I hadn't been back there talking anniversaries since 20 years I remember because Animal Cannabis had just come out when my grandmother left the bank flat um, and it's been used by offices and buildings and stuff since so um, so yeah my my mate has kitted out as a full-on studio and um, the room so I, I got to go back there and he said look come back and do a few tunes and I thought well this is this light bulb moment I'll, I'll see if I can get some authors on board to write about significant rooms to them um in their life and I would then record their words in a significant room to me in the bank flat and that's really what's happened um and the in my mind there's a room is actually an old song title I had before my MHS identity or before that started happening you know it's an old teenage demo that should never see the light of day but the title I always you know stuck in the head somewhere um, so all those things just kind of married together. And um, I asked a range of some of my favourite authors for maybe 20, 30 lines on a, on this significant room. It could be one of their characters. It could be the room they write in. It could be a childhood memory. Yeah, and I wrote about my grandfather to them. And I was amazed, really, just to how engaged, you know, a lot of those writers were and um First couple of responses were from Ian Rankin and Nick Hornby. And then, you know, I, I just kept reaching out to some of my favourite writers. And the end result is 14 new songs. And um, there's 13 writers on there because Liz Lockhead, who, who's the writer for the, who's provided the words for the first single, 1952, has actually got two songs on the album. Um, there's also a sort of spoken word or her voice over my piano um, on one of the albums, one of the, what is one of the songs on the album as well. So, so the new single 1952 is, is words from Liz Lockhead, who obviously a lot of your listeners will know, you know, is a real kind of Scottish legend as a poet and playwright. And uh, the second Macker, I think, I think uh, she was the second poet laureate. Um, so it's, it's been, that that's the kind of, that's why it's called in my mind there's a room and um but how I actually condensed all of this description was, was just to say to them I'm really curious to see how Bernie work how Elton 
works with Bernie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of your listeners will know Elton John doesn't write the words for his songs and they've always come from Bernie Taupin, or mostly. And he doesn't, you know, he just gets a sheet of words and puts it on the piano and Tiny Dancer, Yellow Brick, you know, all these songs. Happy Met Your Song was the first, obviously, collaboration they did. And I'm really curious as somebody who's always written everything myself, what that would feel like. And it's been really, I have to say, it's just been quite magical and just quite natural, you know, I, I, to kind of inhabit their worlds and try and, you know, I've got all these very tidy printed off sheets of their words and you should see them now. Maybe we can post a few up, you know, they're completely yeah. scrawled with me, you know, reorganising and um, some more than others, you know, and then I would add little bits and I kind of asked their permission that I could kind of, you know, weigh in as a songwriter and shape things and um so that's that's the end result yeah and all that process column sounds quite complicated then how long did that take you you know once the 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 words started coming in to pull it all together and put music to it well um that's a good point Derek I mean it, it should have probably taken longer than it did but actually you know I first stepped into the bank flat again after 20 years last August because I was up visiting this wasn't to record but this was just to go up and have a little look around and it was amazing to walk back in um and I started reaching out to the authors you know sometime after that last in the autumn probably had all their words by earlier this year and then played you mentioned the reissues there played the Celtic Connections show in Glasgow at the beginning of the year playing loss and us together and literally the week after that so it must have been you know mid-february i went up and did two stints over february march recording and then it was it traveled from tobermory now now turret studios mm-hmm. to um at the road studios um at the end of april for mastering and that was quite magical really i mean i've mastered before in abbey road but it felt something even more special, sort of going from, <clears throat> you know, my grandparents' bank flat to uh, to there to master it. And um, the weirdest thing was, you know, I got down into Studio One, you know, where the Beatles did All You Need Is Love and Dark Side of the Moon was there, you know, and then Studio Two where they recorded everything else, you know, and it's always a bit of a thrill to see if you, the red lights are on, okay, somebody's in, so I, I might I might get in at some point. And then is the door ajar at any moment? And it was a couple of times. I think there was orchestras in there. And I sneaked in and the smell of those rooms, you know. And so in some ways, those rooms that have obviously produced some of the greatest music we know, um, those rooms, you know, had were, were more, were just extra rooms, you know, on the album, really. And they actually smelled a bit of the bank flat. It was strange. <laughs> Maybe that was just me. Um, but my mate, Gordon McLean, who is a musician in Mull, his son, Sorn McLean, some of your listeners may know, who's, who also performs in my kind of MHS live setup. Um, you know, they Gordon came down with me and he hadn't been there before Tabby Road. So it was quite special to see his reaction. Um so so that was this sort of journey. So it and, and it's funny, I've just recently pre-released, you know, I've shared all the finished songs, mastered audio with all the authors now and um 
a few of them have said, you know, wow, that's quite quick. You know, we weren't expecting. <laughs> I think they were expecting it to take longer. So, um, so it's it's actually turned around reasonably quickly. And um, there's people like Jacqueline Wilson, the kind of children's writer. There's um, Alan Warner, Scottish writer who actually had had my grandparents' poetry, which isn't a massive, you know, shift because he Alan. Mm. It's got a lot of connections and grew up in Oban and whatnot. But um, but then there's people like Jason Mott, who won the US National Book Award a couple of years ago. He for a, a book called Hell of a Book, which is great. Um, he's in North Carolina. Jennifer Clement, who is in Mexico City, who wrote a brilliant book called Widow Basquiat about the the um the artist's kind of muse um set in New York in the kind of 80s. Madonna kind of comes in and out of it and Warhol and um but it's a beautiful kind of poetic book. So there was some people on there who have genuinely inspired my own writing, you know, and my own music. So to have them on there and now happy enough with what I've done and you know part of the kind of journey is is just felt really wonderful, you know, and uh She's been. If I had not had that invite back to that room, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about it now. I don't think, you know. Yeah, it's just crazy how it's all came together. And obviously, in your DNA, then you've probably got to thank your grandfather for, you know, the, your career and how it's went. You know, there's obviously something in the family there for the writing yeah. side of things. And I mean, you're a proper yeah, screenwriter, think... Colin, as well. So you can see how that relates to story writing and books and stuff as well. Well, thank you. I mean. Yeah, I think I think it probably is all in there. You know, I was I was quite lucky um, growing up in Mull that I suppose we didn't have a record store, we didn't have a cinema, we didn't have, you know, back in the day, you know, there wasn't a great kind of radio signals or anything. I used to listen to early crackly John Peel um, with a sort of with with a hose hanger, you know, try to improve mm. the single signal, but. Um, not that old, but yeah, I suppose it was pre pre digital technology. Um, but what I what what I did have, so I didn't have those things, but I did have on one side of my, uncle, my family, they're the Mull plumbers, um, and my uncles didn't write their own songs, but they had a covers band throughout my whole youth, and they rehearsed in the plumbers' garage, so I could hear them wafting across Tob Mori, you know, on a windy night, you know. Beach Boys, Beatles, Stones, Van Morrison, you know, all the classic. Mm. And of course, I was about 10 years old when I realised that they weren't their songs. And, you know, um, but it was quite a good schooling, I, I think, you know, in some ways. And by the time I was probably 10 years old, me and one of my cousins had, had formed our own band. And um, so, yeah, I think I always had that going on, I suppose, in terms of songs and my grandfather on the other side was was the writer, and there's quite a few writers in the market on that side. So, um, so my grandfather's on the island were the bank manager and the plumber, and they actually used to joke that one was keeping the island afloat and the other stopping it from sinking, and <laughs> and quite different men, you know. One was the raconteur, and the other was quite a quiet man. Um, but I think actually they both have really influenced me in different ways, and um. Yeah, I hadn't thought until you said it, but in some ways it's probably quite fitting that this album's happened because it was really nice just to go back home and be part of the community and making something there. You know, obviously yeah. I'm back 
you know, every so often and I go back and play shows and stuff, but to actually be making something and to look out that turret window and to see, you know, Dodo the painter and uh, Coco, like Ben Man, and, you know, all the people that I've grown up around. And they're all brilliant storytellers. I mean, you know, there's not much you could broadcast right now, I don't think, but, you know, they're, they're I think there was a lot of storytelling and folklore and humour that um, I suppose I was, as a kid, was always quite interested in, you know. And the turret studios, of course, in Abbey Road, the two big studios in the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The funny thing is, Gordon, it keeps getting said in the, you know, a few people have said, so Gordon owns turret studios, you know, and he, he, he's renting it from the bank. But And it's in a bit of disrepair, to be honest. You know, um, the, the rooms we were in are all fine, but it does need a bit of um, attention, I think. Uh, and so, he, you know, he's 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 been quite amused that he's getting called the owner of this kind of building. And then when we got to Abbey Road, I said, I think you should consider putting a bid in here as well, Gordon, actually. <laughs> so, he's, so he's quite enjoying that side of it. But um, but it's, yeah, I mean, the other thing was in the, in the bank building, my great-grandmother lived for the last 10 years and she was called Tate. And, you know, as kids, she was bedridden and her room you know, her room's completely empty now, but in some ways it was still quite full of her. You know, I literally mm. hadn't walked in since, as I said, 20 plus years. And uh, I remember as a kid talking to her and she remembered stories of Butch Cassidy. She remembered, um, she was about 18 when the Titanic went down. And like all of us, you know, with great, yeah, great grandparents and, you know, all those, all those stories that, um, we probably always didn't hear enough of, but I, I do remember, um, and she loved TV theme tunes. So she used to ask me to try and sing. So I suppose it was funny. There was, I don't think of that building as being the music side of my family, but actually, um, yeah, there was always lots of nonsense and stories, you know, and uh, so it was quite, it was really quite emotive, emotional to sing some of the songs in those rooms. I mean, I would go in and just plant myself in different rooms and go up singing about someone else's room. Um, there's a great writer called Stephen Kelman, who's on the album, who's some of your listeners might be familiar with Pigeon English, which is his debut novel, mm. which actually was Booker shortlisted, his first ever novel. And then um, Stephen's great. And his, his, song is the red flame diner which is a diner in new york where he and his wife went to after they got married there and they go back every year and his his words were just absolutely stunning i felt and um he's also a friend so that's probably felt even more connected to it and um so i sang that one in my parents parents bedroom you know <laughs> and top Murray main street you know but i felt like i could have been in new york and um I really, uh, that's maybe one of my favourites, how it's come out. I, I was also quite, I was I was sort of thinking Blue Nile a little bit in mm -hmm. that one, you know, so I was quite keen to sort of have a little bit of programming and really try and sing it in a way I maybe haven't ever sung before. And um, so I was pleased to kind of personally feel that I achieved that. See, see all this, Colin, and it's obviously connected with authors and that, how do you, you're obviously going to go out and tour it as you do when you release. How are you going to do that? Um, yeah, I won't be taking them all on the road, I don't think. Um, but 
Um, so I've already sort of launched it at the Hay Festival down south, which was fun, you know, uh, and it's a literary festival. And I'm playing um, Borders Book Festival on the 17th down in Melrose. That's I love the Borders Book Festival. It's just great place, uh, beautiful setting. And I'm doing a kind of words and music event with Val McDermott, who's one of the authors. So I'm playing some of the songs off room. So um, so I'm sort of doing it at some of the literary festivals. I'm then playing um, Edinburgh Festival, uh, August the 4th. I'm playing Belladrum. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll, some of the songs are, you know, quite big sounding band songs, you know, so, and, so, but they'll also, you know, they also work on piano or guitar. So I'll just be, I'll be touring them the way I normally do sometimes with a full band set up sometimes and festivals you know literary stuff um and definitely playing uh before the end of the year be playing um another sort of tour you know so i'll definitely be sort of touring with uh with the album again um but we do have something up our sleeve that hopefully we'll do something with some of the authors as well like on a sort of bigger scale you know so um so yeah if anyone's interested, keep a lookout for that. So we're sort of hope, hoping to feature some of the authors um, along the way. And that'll be the next thing then, Colin, the socials. Where do we keep an eye on what you're up to? You know, where will we find the music? How do we get a hold of everything? Um, so the label that we're putting out are called Extra Mile Recordings. Um, and it's available in all the usual formats. I'm quite pleased it's quite a kind of snazzy pink double vinyl because mm. with all these authors, 14 songs, I was aware it was kind of creeping over um, lengthwise. So it's it's so it's it's going to be in all those formats if you like your vinyl as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll be available in all the usual places. MullerHistoricalSociety.com will probably steer most people in the right yeah, direction. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, It'll be, we're starting to kind of put out, I'm putting out some of the song sheets on the socials now. So at Colin McIntyre or at Mal Historical, and you'll find um, some of the kind of song sheets for some of the, how I kind of, just to kind of show it visually, how I shaped some of those original words. And um, we've got some extra content from some of the authors sharing the actual visual representations of the room. So Ian Rankin's song is My Bedroom Was My Rocket Ship. And um, we've got a great photo of unmistakably Ian Rankin at sort of maybe 14 sitting in his bedroom. And it was really good for me to see that because I've, I've just been working with words, you know, and it says, um, oh, what's, what's it? Comic books and TV, adventure stories, library. My bedroom was my rocket ship. It took me everywhere. It's amazing. I haven't performed this yet. It's amazing I can even remember any of it. And then it says... Um, uh, yeah, parents waiting patiently for me to come downstairs, da-da-da-da-da. You know, so it was to actually see his bedroom, and it really is wall-to-wall posters, bands. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to start sharing on the socials some of those kind of um, insights to the author's rooms, just a bit more mm-hmm. background to that. So that should be fun too. It's great to see how they've all got on board with it, but I guess you've been a bit introspective with them when you're asking them, you know, to... <laughs> look inside themselves for that room you know yeah yeah I mean I didn't know what would come back you know I thought it could be you know one of their characters rooms it could be um you know I I I, as I said you know I I just didn't really assume that anybody would come back you know I thought well I'll start with this list 
that people that I love that have inspired me um, and some like Ian Rankin, Nick Hornby, who you, I've got a sense love their music, you know, and have mm. done sort of crossover before. Um, but then some like Jacqueline Wilson, the, the, the children's author, who had never written a song and um, and her words were, I've, I really enjoyed, again, just trying to really be right in the moment for her song when I was performing it, singing it. It's called um, Somebody Else's Life. That's how I titled it. She didn't actually, I don't think she had a title. or her, I think she had my first writing room. Mm-hmm. And it's set in Dundee. So she's 17. She comes up to Dundee from down south to work for D.H. Thompson in the kind of magazines mm-hmm. um, and got her first writer's room. And that was the beginning of her journey. And now D.H. Thompson published her, Jacqueline Wilson. Yeah, of course. On monthly <laughs> magazine, you know, so it's that's amazing full circle for her. Um, but it just started um, taxi cab, nowhere to go. Um, she talks about going to the, I think it's the Church of Scotland hostel and the matron giving her the linen room because they'd run out of rooms. Um, so it was a real insight into uh, the beginnings of some of these writers, you know. And um, I was really keen, particularly with Jacqueline, to kind of then share the final, the finished. Um, and I got a lovely response from her. Um, so hopefully. You know, because I suppose I didn't I didn't feel any big what's your word pressure with it, but I suppose you know there was a responsibility to make every one of those songs stand up on its own, you know, because obviously a lot of the authors are gonna are gonna listen to their song first, you know. So you, you know, you were sort of thinking of them all individually, but also as part of a collective, which I suppose it's how you make albums anyway, but maybe it was even more so with this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess they're going to come back to you with their feedback now, and I guess you want it all to work, don't you? We are yeah. going to come out with the the new single, which is 1952, uh, Liz Lockhead's contribution. So how did, what's Lizzie's Room, how did it have fit the concept? Right. Well, Lizzie's Room um, is... It was called 1952 because that was just mentioned in her words, and I kind of plucked that out as the title. Her her room um, is the first room of her own. So it's set in that coronation year, so there's kind of symmetry with now, and it's in Lanarkshire, and I think up until she was four years old, Liz, Liz's, excuse me, parents had worked, had lived in the in, you know with their parents she'd lived you know the in-laws they hadn't had their own home and then when they were four they got their first council house um in uh Wishaw, I think, on newark hill in newark hill mm. um and very small aside but my grandmother who moved to isle of mall in 1945 one of my grandmothers was from Wishaw, newark hill area so again there was a little bit of a link for me in that and so this is lizzie's first room and she talks about going from, you know, sleeping in our parents' bedrooms or grandparents' rooms to this room of her own. And she's talking about looking up at the lampshade and almost imagining it to be a bin. She says she should be seeing the world upside down. Um, and Liz, you know, being the poet she is, there was just so many great phrases. And she, she said she talked about it being before the stones. 
you know, so she talked about, you know, she sort, of, she sort of talks about it being before the 60s and she went to art school then, Glasgow School of Art, and maybe the world opened up all over again. So, um, but this one is 1952, she's four years old. So it's very much told in the first person of a young girl kind of getting her first space. And um, she had a great line about Virginia Woolf in it. And so I managed to kind of get that in there. I remember thinking, oh, that has to go in. Um, and so that that's the that that's the single, 1952, the first song. Colin, thanks for this. Good luck with it all going forward. I look forward to see Colin McIntyre, the author, some stuff as well. Looking forward to that as well. But yeah, all the best. And here is Mill Historical Society with 1952. Thank you. Last night the king was dead Little children should be seen, not heard Now I'm four, we just got word We got a home, we got a house In the corner there's a lobby press We're good coat and we're party dress I like being in this room I like being on my own They can take, they can take They can take our home away No more jam jam in this emptiness with the kitchen at it was 
excellent Mull Historical Society there and keep an eye out for a gig coming near you soon. Remember, stay tuned. Nell Bryden will chat to her as well and Captain Barrett to find out what they're up to. But let's see if we can squeeze in some community announcements. Cam Glen Radio. Community announcements. The Burnhills Action Group Wellbeing Hubs have restarted on Thursday nights from 6 to 8pm in the high backs just off Penman Avenue. Each week a different activity will take place, there's no need to book just to pop down. Kathkin and Spring Hall Neighbourhood Watch are looking for new members to assist with reporting antisocial behaviour, illegal fly tipping, speeding or environmental issues in Spring Hall and Kathkin. If you're interested in joining to help make both schemes a better place, you can email Barry Cathy01, Cathy spelled C-A-T-H-I-E, so I'll repeat that, it's barrycathy01 at gmail.com or you can call 07498 977 263. If you have an event or activity happening in Campus Lang or Rutherglen, let us know. Email what's on at camglenradio.org. And for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local. She said, if you call me. And I see. Lonely And you say that It's time to Fight back Gimme, gimme direction Gonna turn around Got a head full of sunshine I got it in the underground And all the superheroes Came to mind last night And they taught me the difference Between color and black and white And Batman kissed Robin Everybody said that it was quite outrageous, but to me they were looking kind of lonely. Gimme, gimme direction, gonna turn it around. Got a head full of sunshine, I got it in different But I think we're the same When you step outside the bubble to the universal plane 
And everything's connected And you just might find Strange things start to happen When you open up your mind Give me, give me direction Gonna turn it around Gotta get through the sunshine I got some underground Give me, give me direction Gonna turn it around Got a head full of sunshine I carry sitting on the ground Got a head full of sunshine Got a head full of sunshine Got a head full of sunshine The excellent Starry Skies there and the new one Iris in the Underground. Here's Niall Horan and his new single, The Show. Life is like a board game some of the time Mistakes and heartbreaks and no crime But there's a light creeping through under broken skies Got plans better hurry cause time flies Hold tight Ready for the ride If everything was easy Nothing ever broke If everything was simple How would we know How to fix your tears How to fake a show How to paint a smile yeah, How would we know How could we have it though Like a dance floor, some of the times like
but we haven't known So tight, get ready for the ride Derek McCutcheon On Cam Glen Radio Zan Tyler there and Miniature Oceans. Let's have a look at the weather. Now it was fine when I was out walking the dog this morning. Out walking the dog this morning, the weather was fine. Um, I know we've had some rain, so what we're we looking at just now, the current temperature is 21 degrees, there's a high today of 22 degrees, a low of 14. It's currently cloudy, which will continue all day, and there are wind gusts of up to 15 miles per hour. Let's see, there's 7 o'clock, it looks as though there may be some rain, and then a bit of sunshine after that. 
Here's Desert Kites, and this is Something Dark. Brand new there from Desert Kites and that was something dark. Now Captain Barrett is in Glasgow this week and hopefully Captain Barrett's online to find out what's happening. How are you? Hey, 
I'm good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Now, you are in Glasgow this week and we can talk about that, but first of all, tell us if those that don't know about Captain Barrett, the, the DJ. Yeah. Hello, we seem to have lost a line there. Got a bad line. Well, I think we'll maybe stick a song on. Oh, you're there. Still, we kind of lost a line there, so you're back. Oh, sorry. I, I walked under a tunnel. I'm wandering through the greenlands of uh, St. Fagans. <laughs> How's the weather? Uh, I'll stop still. Can you hear me all right now? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. How's the weather down there? Oh, it's it's overcast. Right. It's looking It's looking menacing. Um, do you know what? I, I I normally do uh, Glastonbury every year. I've played for the last 15 years. Um, and this year I wanted a bit of a break and I wanted to go somewhere a bit special, which is why I'm coming up to Glasgow. And uh, I, I'm looking at the weather and thinking I, I probably did the right thing. I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, sunshine and roses necessarily in Glasgow, but uh, I'd rather be there than uh, than in Glastonbury if... if uh, this is anything to go by. Hey, it has been nice here, and we're going through a wee unsettled period just now, but I, I think by the end of the week, the, the sun is back out again and it's full bloom, so yeah, it should be good. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have some fun. I'm coming up on, on Wednesday for the solstice. Cause that's what I, I kind of wanted to do something middle of the year, you know, mark mark the year. Because um, over the years, I, you know, I've DJed all over the world. I've, I've, I've played you know, hundreds of clubs and festivals and whatever. But over the years, I've, I, I wanted to, to strip it back and kind of re rekindle my love for it. And then, so what I'm doing this year, I'm just doing four club gigs or four four kind of inside venue gigs. Uh, I did one in Cardiff, which was wicked, sold out. Um, and that was a, a, a seven-hour set. I'm doing a five-hour set in Glasgow, which is going to be fun gives me a chance to kind of go all all over with it, try loads of different musics, just kind of make people dance, but also just get into a, a proper flow of it. Uh, and then I'm doing uh, Bristol and London, which are my favourite cities and, and where I normally play. So Glasgow is a bit different because I've only ever actually played there once, mm-hmm. but but I love the city, so that's why I wanted to come up and, uh, and do something there. And your involvement with music then and DJing, how did that all start? When did it start for you? Well, I was running a, a, a music shop uh, in, God, Swindon <laughs> in, in, in the kind of late 90s. And um, so I, I had a massive music collection already. I left school at 14 and spent all of my days in, in kind of music shops and, and, you know, spending any little money I could make from, from, you know, working in bakeries and stuff like that. Spent it on music. And so years later, when I got just in a record shop, that's it. I rinsed it for everything. And um, my, look, you, you constantly make me tapes. Why don't you come and, and DJ in this club that I'm working at, which is the Tootin Club in Cardiff? I was living in Birmingham at the time. Um, but while I was in Birmingham, I was also running a website about Welsh hip hop. Um, so I, I kind of realized I wanted to be back home in, in, in Cardiff. So I went there, started playing all the clubs, started a hip hop night. Uh, which was wicked, bringing all of the scene together. Um, and then from there, just kind of from, from running nights and learning more about it, started branching out. Um, in 2004 was the first time I played Glastonbury. 
And um, that was it. It was a bit of a kind of a genesis moment. It was like, oh, okay, this is where I want to be. I want to be in fields having fun. <laughs> and, and so from there, uh, we used to do all kinds of crazy things. Like we took an inflatable church around the festivals all over. Um, but I, I always kept it changing with the music. You know, I was constantly doing different kind of projects and different kinds of music. And we used to do these crazy nights where, where everybody would dress up and um, depending on what the vibe of the night was, was depending on what music I play. Uh, so, you know, one night it would be a rave, the next would be like a hoedown. Um, and they were, they were just kind of super fun. And, 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 um, and they, yeah, so from, from that, from working in, in festivals for, for ages and from putting nights on, and uh, eventually I started running a club in Cardiff called Cardiff Arts Institute. So from, from all of that, once the club got taken away from us, uh, which is a shame because it was, it was such a good club, uh, but the the bar, uh, it was Brains Brewery owned it, and they just didn't get what we were doing. We were doing so much different stuff, they didn't really get it. So they changed the locks on us. And I ended up eventually moving to Bristol and uh, got a job with Boomtown. Um, and and from there, I was I was running Boomtown. I don't know if people know Boomtown, but it's it's a wild festival uh, in the kind of south of England. And it's uh, it, it was the biggest independent festival. I don't know if it still is. They've kind of pulled the numbers down a little bit, but it was the biggest independent festival, but it's like a whole make-believe world that you just go into and all sorts of wild things happen while you're there. But I was head of music there then for 10 years. Um, and in that time, you know, st was still playing other festivals. Um, I played most of the ones in the UK. Played some lovely ones up in Scotland, like Loch and Gorok and, mm -hmm. and Kelburn and... Um, Oh, what did I play back in the day? Like Rock Nest and things like that. And always, always enjoyed the vibe up there. Um, and yeah, and, and then I quit. I, I, I stopped doing it. Uh, I, I stopped working at Boomtown last year, took a step back. I've got a job uh, here in St. Fagans, where I am today. Um, and I'm archiving Welsh music, like Welsh hip-hop, Welsh reggae, uh, all, all sorts. Um, and I'm back on the DJing again. So yeah, yeah that, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I reckon. <laughs> And I'd picked up on that, the fact that you're curating for the Museum of Wales. So tell us about that. That's quite interesting. How did that happen? So they, they decided that they wanted to, to get more hip-hop in the museum. And, and so they originally hired me for that uh, and to put on a hip-hop exhibition. And kind of once I was here, you know, things kind of happened with the project. Uh, a fallout with the main partner who'd got all the funding and stuff so the actual exhibition never materialised unfortunately but luckily the museum kept me on and went look we still want to do stuff we still recognise that there's lots of holes in our music collection um, and we want you to help us so so yeah I'm just doing that so at the moment I'm kind of locked in the, the history of Welsh music from you know from folk and classical all the way up to uh, you know, modern day. There's, there's so much good music at the moment, but it, you know, there's loads of good rap music, but there's loads of good reggae and and you know, electronic music has got a, a rich history. So there's loads. So it's keeping me super busy. And you kind of touched on earlier then. So when when you obviously you come to Glasgow, when, when you've got a gig coming up, you know, how how do you put your set together? You know, you mentioned the events vibe. You know, do you consider the audience? How does it all get pulled together? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I base some of it on 
my previous kind of gigs in in Scotland and 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 going to Glasgow and uh, there's a gig on before it with the the Gyro Babies who are wicked and, and so you know I think about the the crowds that they play to and things like that. So, but then so I put all the music aside and then I think about what I want to play, you know, what sort of vibe I'm in. But for a five-hour set, I'll probably bring about five days worth of music and just. You know, yeah. I, I'll have I'll have put it all into folders and stuff, and 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 I'd bought specific stuff, but there will be like way too much. So a lot of it depends on the night, who's there, what vibe they want. Um, you know, I'll start off something nice and easy in the middle, like some reggae, and, and, and take it from there. You know, if people want disco, then I'll play disco. But if they want to go harder, they want some techno or drum and bass, then that's where I'll go. It all depends on the crowd and that kind of communication with the people mm-hmm. that are there. And I, I, I like to make people dance as well. So as long as people are there having a good time, then we'll take it wherever. And a bit dynamic then as well, see how the response is, and that, that might lead you down a different path with what you had planned and things. Yeah, completely. I mean, it happens. Sometimes I'll, I'll have quite a strict plan of what I want to play. But when I get there, you know, I look at the crowd, I'll be like, no, that's not going to fly. So you just, you know, it's a conversation. For me, DJing's a conversation, you know. It's, um, you're, not, you're not trying to demand what people should be listening to. You, 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 and and you also, you're not, you're not kind of, you're not a jukebox. You're not letting people tell you what to play. But it's, you're kind of like, right, okay, you want to hear a bit of this? Or how about some of this? Take people on a journey. Um, yeah, I, you know, that, that's how I like to DJ is, is have have some time to have a proper um, communication with the crowd. Now, the details for the gig have been a bit under wraps. So what can you tell us about the gig this week then? So I can tell you about it. Now. It's going to be happening in the Flying Duck um, there in Glasgow. Now, beforehand, so I'm playing from 10 till 3 in the morning uh, you can buy tickets on the door, or there's tickets up on Dice um, as well at the moment. If you just look for Captain, but it's K-A-P-T-I-N all night. Or just look for stuff at the Flying Duck and you'll find it. Um, but also, if you go earlier, there's a there's a bit of a secret gig. So I, I hope I can tell you now. It's um, with the Gyro Babies, uh, Minerva Wakes, and, and a few other special guests as well. Uh, so Gyro Babies want to try out of, uh, some of the, some new songs as well as playing like the classics as well. Um, so they're, they're they're doing a special gig uh, there because you know it's a smaller venue than they normally play. They want to wow. do stuff a bit different. And if if you come to their gig, then you're fine to to stay on as well yeah. and come and dance to me afterwards. Now, you're in Glasgow this week, and we also have our Banksy exhibitions going on just now, which all kind of popped up. You're not Banksy, are you? <laughs> I'm not, you know. But, you know what, I, uh, I, I've already booked my ticket for that, and the only ticket I could get that was suitable for while I'm up there was, so the night finishes at three. This is all on, on uh, oh, God, what, what night is it? Friday night. Yeah. It's all on Friday night. Um so I bought a ticket for when the gig closes. It closes at three. My ticket's at half three in the morning. That's the only time I could get to go and see the Banksy exhibition. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit crazy that there's an art exhibition that's going on till the early hours. Could be fun. I know, it's wild. But I'm, I'm glad they're doing it that way because I, I'm not a fan of queuing. And I've, I've been to loads of Banksy's uh, exhibitions before, but because they're always in like Bristol or, or nearby, 
like that's my city. I, I know so many people there, so I, I usually know most of the people that were either working on the the stuff or, or, or working at the exhibition. So mm. I've always managed to blag it in without queuing. So I was a bit worried about Glasgow. I was like, oh, I don't know that many people out there. Yeah, <laughs> I get I get straight in and get tickets as well because that will be popular, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. They're always good. They're always good. Those exhibitions. You know, you always kind of pulls out of the bag. And for me thinking about putting on an ex- exhibition of, of kind of hip-hop here in Wales. Mm. Like, I, I like to take inspiration from things like that because he, he turns things on their head, you know, and he, he, he does things differently, um, which is what I like to do as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, for yourself, Captain Barrett, then, socials, where do we f- keep an eye on what you're up to, find out what's going on? Yeah, so, so Captain, just to say again, it's K-A-P-T-I-N. That's how I spell my name. Um... So it's Captain Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. You'll find me on most of them. On Twitter, it's Captain Is Dead. Uh, on on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Spotify. I've got loads of stuff. If people want Spotify playlists, I've got hundreds of them. Um, yeah, Captain Barrett. You'll find me. Um, otherwise, just look up the, the the Flying Duck on how to spell my name. And then, and then just look for me on the socials. I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. Now I did ask you to pick a tune to play out with, and you, you've picked uh, Mungo's Hi-Fi. They've got a new album out, and we'll play the title track from that. But and they're obviously kind of local to us here. Uh, the new albums, past and present. What can you tell us about Mungo's Hi-Fi for those that don't know? Uh, they, I, I love those guys. So I, I've booked them for years at Boomtown, and um, I've followed their music for, for even longer than that. Uh, they're always absolutely hit it. You know, they, they, when they play at Boomtown, they, they pull in, you know, thousands of people and it's always a great gig. And I always, when I come up to Knock and Gorok, I, I play on their rig as well, which is a, a fantastic sound system. Um, and so they make, they make music that's very much inspired by kind of 80s uh, dancehall, which I like, um, but they work with some of the top uh, vocalists in the world as well, you know. Yeah, they do a lot of um, collaboration. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, yeah, the new album's brilliant from start to finish. Good luck with the gig on Friday night. And enjoy Thank it. you very much. And the weather, enjoy yourself while you're in Scotland as well. Any plans for Scotland in the future? Will that be on your list of things to do? Oh, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, when I come to somewhere, you know, well... There was a there was a period when I started DJing that I was just going to places and you'd be there overnight and then you shoot again. That's why I'm coming up a couple of days early and you know I like to I like to connect with places. I like to spend time there. So one of the reasons for kind of coming up and doing this is I, I want to be continuously coming up to Glasgow. It's such a good city, um, and I'll be up at the festivals in the future as well. You know, I, I always goes down well there. Uh, I've always had good set. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll be I'll be back in Glasgow regularly, hopefully. Well, enjoy Welsh you're here. Here is Mungo's Hi-Fi. This is features Papa Jim, and this is past and present.
That was Mungo's Hi-Fi there featuring Papa Jim and that was Past and Present, which is the title track from the new album. Here's our featured artist this week. Uh, we're playing tracks from the new EP, from the Poppermost, the, the new EP. I'm just going to tell you the title of it is Carry On Swinging and this track is Tea Bags, Milk and Sugar. No, Most tea bags, milk, and sugar. Now, coming up right after this, we'll have the new one from the Foo Fighters. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform, and connect people 
This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk.
From West House to Stonewall, High Cross Hill to Cunnigarloon, and across the south east of Glasgow, this is Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. I was only your mother because I was alone, you know Was only your father because you weren't so grown, you know I'm doing fine, yeah I'm so happy It's so sublime to be on the back even where went my life where went my daddy where went my wife why don't you love me There with nowhere to go. Let's squeeze in some more community announcements. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. 
South Lanarkshire Youth, Family and Learning Services are continuing to run their adult literacy and numeracy classes accredited by the SQA. If you feel you need to boost your skills, you can call 01698 452 154. That's 01698 452 154. Or you can email slcboost at glow.sch.uk. I will repeat that again. slboost at glow.sch.uk. And again, you can also just Google uh, adult literacy and numeracy classes. LGBT Age Project are delighted to announce the return of the Ride with Pride bus for our LGBTQ plus people aged 50 or over to take part in Pride Edinburgh this year, which is on Saturday the 24th of June. This aims to give some visibility to older people who often don't feel that they can access Pride. The bus is not wheelchair accessible, but there will be room to store walking aids and our team will be on hand to help you aboard. To book, call Jean on 07516-553-274. I'll repeat that again. It's Jean you have to call and it's 07516-553-274. And again, if you Google, I'm sure if you Google LGBT Age Project, you'll find the details there. Finally, Cathkin and Area Neighbourhood Watch is holding a best garden competition open to residents in Cathkin and Spring Hall. If you take pride in your garden and want to be recognised, you can submit your garden to be entered by emailing barrycathys at 01 at the gmail.com. That's barrycathy. I did mention before for another event. So, Cathy is spelled C-H-T... Sorry, I will repeat that again. Cathy is spelled C-A-T-H-I-E. So it's barrycathy01 at gmail.com. Or you can call 07498-977-263. If you have an event or activity happening in Campus Lang or Rutherglen, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org. And for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local.
That was Cara there. She's a Scottish singer-songwriter with the track Sky Goddess. Now, Nell Bryden was in town last night. She played at Oran Moore, and she's also playing tonight at King Ken Ross at the backstage at the, the Green. I'm sure you might still be able to get along to that one. But I did catch up with her last week to, to find out about the tour and about her new EP. So here it is. Lunchtime. Bryden, welcome to Cam Glen Radio. Hello, how are you? Yes, I'm fine. Now you're setting out on a UK tour and you've got a couple of Scottish states. How important is, is Scotland, England, the UK to, to Neil Bryden and our music? Well, I think it can't be understated how, or actually, I'm still jet lagged a bit. It can't be overstated how important it is to me because I really, you know, I really got my start over here i think it didn't it wasn't really working in america i think a lot of american artists find this is it was just too big there was too much space in between the gigs and then i came over and i remember actually i was doing a show in philadelphia and there was a somewhat unknown artist who i was supporting there and people said i think she's going to be huge you should talk to her she's from Scotland you should find out if she has any tips for you for going over there and so I I loved her set and I went and talked to her afterwards and she said oh I could help you I she hooked me up with all these people over there and guess who it was it was Katie Tunstall so uh she was a lovely person she gave me the names of all of the sort of coffee shop people that she started out with and I went and followed in her footsteps and I remember the first time I played for you know a Scottish audience okay let's say you know English audiences are fun too, but Scottish are obviously the most fun because there's just no pretensions. There's no sense of like, you know, we need to sort of uh, have anything go according to a, you know, a certain plan. Like it's we're there for a good show. Everybody's in it together. And the, the liveliness in the room is just so exciting. It yeah. just thrills me every time. And so I, I, you know, last year I was able to end my tour in Scotland and have the last show in Ken Ross, but this year the routing didn't work out quite that, you know, that way, but it can't be overstated how important Scotland is to me. And you're out just now, you're touring your new EP and the title of the EP is Believe Again. And and that was recorded in London as well. When was that done? Yeah, it was just done in February, actually. And I wrote the songs in a, you know, I had booked Conk, uh, which is Ray Davies' place from the Kinks down in uh, North London. And I, you know, I live over in New York and I, booked conk and i booked my musicians and i thought oh i gotta write them some songs for this now so i got busy and started writing it you know i think it was interesting because the last album i put out was very cathartic for me i went through a nasty divorce and i just you know it was a long process and we'd all been through the pandemic and it was really tricky for all of us and i got out the other side and i just did not want to write another breakup song i just felt like i'd said that so many times so I, you know, with with very little time to write these songs, I started kind of thinking, you know, what would come out and these very subtle feelings of just sort of, you know, being open to the calm after the storm. I think we can all kind of relate to that. It's been a doozy of a few years for us all. Mm -hmm. And here we are now 
uh, and the, you know, the sun is shining and, and, you know, summer's coming and you don't know what's going to be around the corner, but you got to take these moments of, of, you know, life is good right now. And I'm open to that. And I'm open to people being good and to love again, you know, those are the moments that I, I think, uh, you know, you get through life with a certain amount of scar tissue, but you still want to trust in people and, and that they can be good. Yeah. I guess all through that taking stock of where we were at and, and maybe moving on. And I guess that's, you know what you're saying there. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's taking stock. And I think it's using your experience in life as a as a powerful thing. We're all sort of taught that, you know, the 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 youth is this thing that we all sort of um, are obsessed with. You know, we all want to look so young. and we, But I don't really want my songs to come from a 16-year-old who has never lived life. I want mm. someone singing who, you know, when I hear someone like Donny Hathaway sing, it's like I know that he had lived a life and that he was really feeling every single note that was going out there. And I think you only get that sense when you've gone through something hard and you come out the other side and you're still you know, a complicated person, but with a big heart. I think that that's what I'm looking for in songs. And I think that's sort of what people, you know, this summer might be looking for in life. Mm. And we mentioned the recording there. So you, you documented it on your socials. There's some videos out there. Yeah. So I have a wonderful team of, of filmmakers and they came in and, and documented, you know, because I think, again, another thing that happens when you're playing live music in a room is there's a certain alchemy. And my band are so great that I didn't want, you know, a lot of times you hear recorded things and they're sort of made by like one person in a room who's programming all these different things and they're auto-tuning everything and nothing was played live. And I miss the days when, you know, you'd have like a whole band in a, in a beautiful wooden studio and mm -hmm. using this great gear. I mean, you know, my piano play was player, my pl piano player, Ali, who lives in Scotland, um, was uh, playing on this beautiful old 70s Steinway that sounded like something straight out of an Elton John album, you know, and it, just to have the vibe of all of that and to get that across, you kind of have to see the visuals of it so that you know that people are really just playing it as it happens and it's the alchemy in the room. That's that's something very different, I think, than sort of modern music. You mentioned New York there, you've just mm -hmm. came from New York and I did see some photographs, Nell, on your social with that, all that smog and smoke. From Wasn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. Did you look after your voice? You know, I live right across from um, Central Park and there's these giant pencil buildings right in the background. There's like the, you know, the skyline is sort of, you see these huge skyscrapers and it was so thick that it would have been a blue sky because I checked the weather report. There was no clouds in the sky, but it was this ominous, eerie, thick, yellow smoke everywhere. And you couldn't even see you know, a hundred feet in front of you. And so all these buildings were just gone. It was the most eerie thing. It felt like the end of the world. And I, again, again, it was just sort of a reminder. These are times we're living through now that I think that will be in the history books. And uh, it's just pretty wild. And, and again, makes you realize we're a lot more connected than we thought we were. Like who would have thought that I'd be breathing in smoke from a wildfire in Canada and, you yeah. know, but that we are pretty darn connected. And did you look after your voice? That's, that's the point. You know, that's a really sweet thing to do. I was trying more to look after my daughter, who's eight, and the poor thing got a really bad cough. And she just, you know, was sort of, I think it got kids and older people the most. So um, I looked after my voice. I kept all the windows closed, but mostly I was being a mama tiger trying to keep my kids safe. Now, you mentioned last year you released the album, Arms Around the Flame, and you did your UK tour, finished in Scotland. Uh, do you enjoy the, the live side? And is it good to get back out live again? 
Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, summer for me is touring. And there was a time in my life before I was a mother where I was out on the road 250, 300 shows a year. So mm. I just, I would sort of only go home to do a load of laundry and then go straight back out. And um, so that's really how I cut my teeth because I'm an independent artist. I don't have, you know, I've always had my own label. I don't have a major label behind me. And, and you know, I think in a lot of ways that's afforded me the ability to have a longer career, maybe smaller and less, you know, um, you know, glamorous than a lot of, you know, people that have a lot of the marketing machine behind them, but it has, you know, been a longer road for me, which means that every day I get to wake up and play music. And so now I really concentrate my touring on summer um, and uh, coming over and I'm doing you know, 19 dates around the UK. We've got two dates in Scotland. And last year when we were up in Scotland, I had this wonderful um, support act, Handley and the Bard play for me. And um she got down a whole bunch of her friends to come in to uh, see the show. And it turns out they were all this local choir. And so I invited them to come to play with me on this show. So they're going to, I have the song Sirens, which is about 9-11 and my experience in New York during that time. And it's, you know, for me, it's a very moving song. So I asked them to come up with an arrangement for Sirens. And they just sent me the video. I posted it on my socials. It's so moving it's incredible so i'm gonna i don't know how i'm gonna do it but at the at the oran moore we're gonna stuff 36 women onto the stage with me i have no the sound engineer is probably gonna hate me it's gonna be amazing it'll be fantastic do, do you get time to do the tourist thing and get out and about at all I know it's a bit of a groundhog day, um, but there, you know, there are a few things that I love doing. There's a beautiful botanical gardens in, in Glasgow that I try to go see when I'm there. And, you know, I, um, I have a couple of shops that I check into to sort of see if they have any like little trinkets or things I can get for people back home. But mostly I just try to, um, to walk. I know that sounds like a ridiculous New York thing to do, but I just kind of like to get out and, and you spend such long hours driving on the road. And I think, um, you know, walking around a city is sort of one of the best ways to do it. And Glasgow has really, you know, had such a renaissance too, in the way that it's, it's, it's cleaned up and it's beautiful. And, it, you know, it's just, it's such a changed city, I think in many, many ways. Now, my dad went back in the sixties and the seventies, and he was trying to describe to me how, you know, how dirty all the buildings were and stuff. And then the just great renaissance has happened there yeah. now is, really lovely to go around and see and I think you see that by just sort of walking around and kind of taking it in. And I think Glasgow is known as Dear Green Place because of all the parks that still exist and I, I guess that's good when you're going out to walk about. Exactly and I think that that's something we don't necessarily have in America because you know New York is Central Park but um, but you know I think we, we kind of missed we missed the boat on city planning with that stuff and there is something to be said about you know, people who've, who've had a city here for thousands of years and um, and America, you know, we're so arrogant. We're like, we've figured this all out. Well, look at the state of us now. We clearly haven't. But um, but, you know, it there's something really humbling and wonderful for a, a young sort of, you know, in in uh, experienced American to come over and see all these beautiful old buildings restored and planned out with parks everywhere. It, you know, makes makes you realize there was a whole world before we we thought that we were number one yeah. now where's your socials where do people find the music all the dates what you're up to uh, all they got to remember is Nell Bryden and you just type that into google and it'll come up and I remember with Bryden 
that's my last name. Obviously, my dad said, when you go over and you play Glasgow, this was like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, go open the phone book and you'll first, for the first time in your life, you'll see a lot of bride, a lot in the bride yeah. <laughs> which is never true in New York. So that's pretty cool. So uh, hopefully people remember Nell and any double L and then bride. And that is my only plug I'm giving. There you go. Nell, we're going to play with Believe Again. Do you fancy introducing it? Yeah, sure. Well, this is a song, um, I think that, that, you know, when we've all, been through the last few years and you've had your knocks and your hard times you come out the other side it's a beautiful summer sunny day and you're sitting outside with a your, your tipple in hand and you can see that there's there's good things and good people in the world and those are the moments to hang on to so here's believe again i wake up with you in mind it's early morning I felt it here all night So warm This dream The doves on my fire escape Manhattan skyline Taking shape For you My body
Neil Bryden there. She was in town in Glasgow last night and at Kinross tonight. Just about time for me to go. I'm going to close the show today with Harry Styles and Satellite. And remember, stay tuned for the information station. But first, here is Zara Larson, and this is End of Time. I feel myself falling All the blood Rush to my head Need Into emotion And you make me want to see To oblivion I want your love to roll the dice. I put it all on you and I until the end of time. I want your love to start a fire and keep it burning through the night, baby, until the end of time.